With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support for Outlaws and Gunslingers on the Creative yeah. Control Network is brought to you by Manscaped, yeah. who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Ooh. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Ooh, I like you it. heard that right, the 4.0. Oh. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off. That's right. I said 20% off and free worldwide shipping free. with the code OUTLAWS at manscaped.com. That is code OUTLAWS at manscaped.com. Well, imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. Ooh, well, I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance. I really am. The uh, craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. Here's uh, a little... Uh, selling point for you guys you guys ever tried to use like regular hair clippers with no guard and tried to shave your balls i guarantee you're gonna nick them because it happened to me don't ever try to shave your balls with regular like hair clippers yeah oh yeah it was uh, trust me blood on the floor and the wife ain't gonna be happy so this new 4.0 is gonna save you uh, a little bit of uh pain and it's gonna save your day well nobody wants nick balls well, you're just in luck there because Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by mm. focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade. <laughs> no pun intended, huh? <laughs> ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. That's trademarked, by that the way. So trademarked. don't you feel like, don't you go over there and try to steal it, people. Right. I now, me, myself, I feel confident. Shaving my balls. Me too, because this upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. Ooh. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Damn. It's got a it's got a flashlight so you can see your gooch or your taint or whatever <laughs> you guys call that place. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? Well, the lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim to additional guard lengths with sizes. Guess what? One through four. I recommend you guys don't do anything over one because <laughs> unless you're a Bushman, I'm a Bushman. Maybe, maybe two, I bet, would be. Decent. Yeah, two, maybe. All right. Uh, did I mention wireless charging? We didn't, but we do now because the new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can, which can help battery length last longer. So uh, yeah. longer uh, shave times in between charges. Man, if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with the pubes in their mouth. Which leads to my point about using a regular hair shaver right. down there. You have two of them. I have two different shavers. Well, right I have one. and uh, Well, not right now. But uh, before I got Well, Manscaped before I got the Manscaped 4.0, right. So, and speaking of no person wants to end up in pubes in their mouth, your, your, uh, your significant other definitely don't <laughs> want to end up with pubes in their mouth because uh, that would be the last time she goes down there. Well, right. it's time to get your own ball in here, body trimmer with Manscaped, to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice smooth boys smooth boy i'm some smooth boys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code outlaws at manscape.com your balls will thank you 
Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code OUTLAWS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code OUTLAWS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You're listening to Outlaws and Gunslingers, the only podcast covering all of America's infamous criminals. From the Wild West to the Mafia, all the way up to the ruthless street gangs of today. Brought to you exclusively by the Creative Control Network. Here are your hosts, the Mouthy Michiganders, Bang and Dang. Welcome back to Outlaws and Gunslingers, where we are slowly but surely, yes, opening beers, but slowly but surely on the verge of wrapping up our Prohibition series and heading straight into 1930s era gangsters, bank robbers, uh, public enemy number ones, and all that good stuff. But for now, we got at least this episode and probably just one more episode to wrap up the whole Prohibition, then we'll get into... uh, right the uh, 1930s bank robbers and so on and so forth this one's going to be if you've ever seen uh the world famous hbo show boardwalk empire you know who this guy is but that guy uh nucky thompson in boardwalk empire is highly fictionalized of the real enoch nucky johnson who we are profiling here today who uh ran the prohibition and liquor and illegal prostitution plus gambling uh outfits in atlantic city pretty big uh, character which if you guys have ever seen boardwalk empire you know that steve buscemi plays nucky thompson in that and i don't know terribly wrong casting because nucky mm-hmm. johnson was stand he stood like six four and was a huge guy and then then they had uh what's his name play him and he's like what mm. a tiny ass fucking crackhead looking dude like right i mean come on Come on, I guess. I mean, Steve Buscemi's a fucking great actor, but... Tis. I mean, come on. Who, Didn't uh, work out for me. Nah, I, I watched the first season. I was like, meh. Tell you the truth, his character in uh, Sopranos didn't work out for me either. Meh. <laughs> 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 meh. Right. After you see him in all those Adam Sandler movies. I mean, yeah, I guess. It's, if, it's over. Once you've seen him as the homeless guy or right. the... The dude in jail, crazy right. eyes. And I guess if all that, that was stuff. the first time that you ever seen the dude in like The Sopranos or something, then you'd be like, I mean, he's good in, he's good in, um, what is it? The Meteor movie. And, um, Apoc, Apoc, right? What, what is it? It's Armageddon, right? Armageddon, yeah. yeah he's yeah. good in Armageddon yeah, and yeah. he's good in, he's um, in a, a few movies. He's good in Con Air. Yep, very good in Con Air. Um, yeah, he's got a couple good roles that are serious movies. He's a good actor. Mm hmm. And a good writer. And he's a firefighter. Hmm. Did you know that he helped out? Helped <laughs> out on fires? No. I hope so. Being no. a firefighter. After 9-11, he went to his old fire station in New York and went to ground zero for like the first week and a half and helped. Doesn't surprise me. Good for him, right? right? I don't know why we're talking about Steve Buscemi. This is not a profile of Steve Buscemi, <laughs> but this is a profile of a character that he portrayed who is Nucky Johnson. Oh, Enoch Johnson, aka Nucky. This dude was everything. Atlantic yeah, City, everything. Political boss, sheriff of Atlantic County, New Jersey, a businessman, a crime boss. Uh, he was the leader of the political machine that controlled the Atlantic City and Atlantic County government from the 1910s until his conviction and imprisonment. Well, you guys know how this ends. Right. In 1941, 
His rule covered the whole Roaring Twenties when Atlantic City was at the height of his popularity as a refuge from prohibition. In addition to bootlegging, the criminal aspect of his organization was also involved in gambling and prostitution. Anything, pretty much anything anything. that went down in Atlantic City, this dude Mm. fucking either controlled or 100% got a cut of. Right, it was definitely a part of it. You know that. Ah, Well, Nookie was born on the 20th of January in 1883. Uh, in Galloway Township, New Jersey. He's a Jersey boy. He's a Jersey boy. Uh, he was born to Smith E. and Virginia uh, Higby, as his mama's last name. They were Protestants, so there's that, right? Members of two of the Atlantic uh, County's oldest family. Oh, okay. Here. Let's... So the Higbys and the Johnsons are two of Atlantic County's oldest families, huh? Right. The Protestant family type deals. Don't they stay together back then? Sure. All right. Uh, his nickname, Nucky, was derived from his forename, Enoch. 1886, Johnson's father was elected sheriff of Atlantic County, New Jersey, for a three-year term, and the family moved to Mays Landing, the county seat. His career in law enforcement alternated between the roles of sheriff of Mays Landing and undersheriff of Atlantic City. Okay. Along with Atlantic County clerk, Louis P. Scott, 1854-1907, and Congressman John J. Gardner, the Elder Johnson was a member of the three-man group dominating the governance of Atlantic City and Atlantic County prior to the rise of the power of, you guessed, you guessed it, it. Louis Cunley. 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 Something like that. 1905. K-U-E-H-N-L-E. Cunley. Cunley. In 1905, Nucky became his father's undersheriff in Mays Land. And in 1906, Johnson married his teenage sweetheart, Mabel Jeffress. Oh, Mabel. Johnson and Mabel soon enrolled at New Jersey State Normal School, which is now the College of New Jersey, which is in Trenton, New Jersey, where he studied English literature. However, However. he later abandoned his studies in favor of his political career. Oh, in favor. I like how they spell it. Favor. Uh, in like British. In British. <laughs> in favor. In favor. <laughs> In 1908, he was elected sheriff of Atlantic County when his father's term expired, a position he held until ousted Ooh. by a court order in 1911, which mm. we'll be hearing about very, very soon. Yeah, in 1911 is when he was like, fuck it, I'm going to start doing things. 1909, Nookie was appointed to the politically important... <laughs> <laughs> well, this was, is politically important, damn it. He was appointed to the politically important position of Atlantic County Republican Executive Committee Secretary. <laughs> <laughs> He's the A-C-R-E-C-S. Uh, they made a song about him, didn't they? A C R E S A C R E C R E S B E Z D A C R E C S. You know, shuck it to me, shuck it to me, shuck it to me, shuck to me, it to me, shuck it to me, shuck to me, <laughs> uh, to me, to me, to me. <laughs> 1911 local political oh are you saying yeah, this oh no, I am. That's you. 1911 <laughs> local political boss uh lewis coonley uh nucky and several others were charged with corruption Uh-oh. Mm, can you imagine corruption corrupted wow uh it's unfathomable right coonley was convicted and imprisoned while nucky was acquitted Allow him to succeed, succeed, Kunli as the leader of the same organization. Hmm. I think Nucky was part of the uh, the police help. Like he was a little yeah, snitch. I doubt it. 
which effectively controlled the Republican-led Atlantic City and Atlantic County government. So Nucky was the man. He became the head guy over there. Well, uh, Atlantic City was a tourist destination, and city leaders knew that its success as a resort depended on providing visitors with what they wanted, and what they wanted was booze. They wanted booze. What many tourists wanted was the opportunity to drink, gamble, and visit prostitutes. Right. City leaders realized that permitted a vice industry, a vice industry, uh, obviously, with the aforementioned stuff, right. it would give the city an edge over its competitors. Therefore, How the organization else? inherited by Johnson permitted the service of alcohol on Sundays. Hey. Which at the time was prohibited by prohibited. New Jersey law. Prohibited. Gambling and prostitution in exchange for the payment of protection money by vice industry operators to the organization. They're like, look, you can you can sell illegal stuff as long as you give us money and we'll look we'll look the other way. We'll right. turn a blind eye. Right. Well, support of the vice industry was to continue and expand under Nucky's rule. He also continued other organization corruption, including kickbacks on government contracts. Obviously. I mean this guy was just corrupt and bill to get away with it. I mean, why not? I mean, I mean, why not? Nineteen twelve, Nucky's wife Mabel died. Died tragically. Of the century. Reportedly, Nucky had previously been a teetotaler, <laughs> but began to drink after her death. Practice of or promotion yep. of complete personal abstinence from alcohol. So he's a teetotaler, right? But after she died, mm-hmm. bottles of whiskey went down. He held many jobs during his thirty-year rule, county treasurer which allowed him to control the county's purse strings, mm. county collector, publisher of the weekly newspaper, oh, geez. bank director, oh, man. president of a building and loan company, oh, geez, money. director of a Philadelphia brewery. Okay. He declined requests that he run for the state senate. And he was like, nah, that's too much on my plate. Look at all this stuff I got to do. <laughs> I know. He's like, look at all this money I got all the fucking Believing that it was beneath the dignity of a real boss to stand for election, so he's true. You know, he's like, no, it's true. I mean, you can't you can't leave your election fate in the hands of people, right? As the most powerful New York, I mean, uh, New Jersey Republican, Nucky was responsible for electing several governors and United States senators. Dude this had, dude had everybody, everybody he wanted. Why run for office? Right. He puts people that he wants in, and then right. he still controls everything behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Well, in 1916, Johnson served as campaign manager for Republican candidate Walter E. Edge's successful run for governor. In addition to raising money for Edge, who was then the state senator from Atlantic County, Johnson engineered Edge's election by reaching out to Democratic Hudson County boss Frank Hagu, who disliked Democratic candidate Otto Whitpen. Edge provided Hague with a pledge of cooperation and Hagu. I think it's Hague. Hague. Hague, 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 Frank Hague. Well, he instructed people in his Democratic organization to cross over and vote for Edge in the Republican primary. See, mm. that's how dirty politics is. Even the, I guarantee the same shit happens today. Guarantee oh. nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Of course not. Well, Hague did not support Whitpen in the general election, and Edge was elected. Oh. Edge rewarded Johnson by appointing him clerk of the state Supreme of Court. Of course he did. Hmm. Oh, he gets to be clerk of the Supreme right. Court. That's nice. Well, Nucky's power reached its zenith during Prohibition, Uh-oh. which was enacted nationally in 1919, but did not go into effect until 20, um, and lasted until 1933, so basically 13 years. Prohibition was effectively unenforced in Atlantic City, and as a result, the resort's popularity grew and grew and grew. The city then called itself the World's Playground, Welcome to the world's playground. I would say like America's playground. 
Right. I'm sure there's uh, lots of dirty places in France that were. Right. France is a. I can just picture. I can just picture two guys in front of a, a wall on a city, and you know, like the old school Roman, you got to open up the big walls to get in. And there's two guys, and they open and say, "Welcome to the world's playground." And they open up, and everybody. There's like. There's like Ferris wheels right. and carnival yeah. rides and fucking. And they're all adults, no kids. Everybody, um, adults on teeter totters and shit, swings. <laughs> <laughs> on the merry-go-round. Come on, Jimmy. Yeah. And then there's bars everywhere, <laughs> little little tiki bars or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. This was aided by uh, Nucky, who, with his influence and power in the city, made sure that anyone who was serving alcohol. Running a brothel or managing a gambling den wasn't bothered so long as Nucky got a cut of the money. Of course. That's the only way they're bothered. The only way they're bothered. bothered. The only way they're bothered. You don't bother those motherfuckers unless I don't get my money. Right. And they don't pay up. Right. In fact, most of Nucky's income came from the percentage he took on every gallon of illegal liquor sold on gambling and prostitution This motherfucker wasn't only charging by, like, percentage of what? the bar's making and he's, he's right he, selling these guys the fucking liquor itself i guarantee you and he, he's making a percentage of each gallon each gallon they sold after they after he sold it to them right so the second time being sold it's crazy wow well Plus, gambling and prostitution right it is recorded that nucky johnson once said we have whiskey wine women song and slot machines i won't deny it i won't apologize for it if the majority of the people didn't want them they wouldn't be profitable, and they would not exist. That's true. The fact that they do proves to me that the people want them. <laughs> hey, man, supply and demand. Supply and demand. Right. Isn't, isn't that uh, whole, the whole premise of business? Mm-hmm. What do people want? We'll hey, supply it. If people want it, who am I to stand in the way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, investigators charged that Johnson's income from Vice exceeded $500,000 a year, which is equivalent to over $8 million. Ooh. In 2020, oh my gosh, eight mil. He rode in a chauffeur, a chauffeur-driven $14,000 powder blue limousine, and oh more my. expensive clothes included a $1,200 raccoon coat. Dang. His personal trademark was a red carnation, fresh daily, worn on his lapel. Yep. At the right. height of his power, Johnson lived in a suite of rooms on the ninth floor of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, located on the boardwalk. Wow. The Ritz, which opened in 1921, was where Johnson hosted many lavish parties. He was known as both the Czar of the Ritz and the Prisoner of the Ritz. Wow. He freely gave to those in need, and he was widely beloved by local citizens, among whom uh, his benevolence and generosity were legendary. It was. Johnson once explained, when I lived well, everybody lived well. John Gotti comes to mind. And that's exactly how you win over the neighborhood, by doing shit like that. Um, Capone did it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Frank. Frank uh, from American Gangster. What's oh, his name? Yeah, Frank. Uh, I forget his name. Frank. Yeah. Whatever. He, he was. He it. definitely gave money to the poor. I uh-huh. mean, all these gangsters do. Told you, Gotti did it. I just watched Gotti last night. The one with John Travolta. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, everybody says it was. It wasn't that bad. Terrible. If you don't know who John Gotti is, and you just watch it, it's actually a decent movie. Terrible. 
But if you know John Gotti and his history and all that, it is a terrible movie. Terrible. Right. It is. But it's not a bad movie if you don't know. I'm saying. I'm sure the movie is not bad, but yeah, the movie itself, yeah, it's everything, good. everything that I've seen, um, totally fucking dog Travolta and his acting in it. No, Travolta did a good job. Nah, did no, he? actually, did he? actually, it was kind of funky. It was kind of funky. He didn't portray a, a mob boss as good. He was decent, but not, you know. Hmm. And come on, Travolta played Pop Fiction and fucking Get Shorty and yeah, but that's not a mob boss. Basically, that's just a fucking lonely mob. gangster, right? But still, he could could have played like that, and he didn't. I think he got Gotti's character all wrong. His demeanor. Well, who knows? Has Gotti even been portrayed in movies before? There's been plenty of Gotti movies. It was the exact same, I think, in 97. There was no, actually, not plenty. I'd say three or four. Last one in, like, 97, I think it was. I was looking the other day. It was just called Gotti, and then it got a TV fucking uh, thing. And then a couple well, the TV show was about... Uh... His wife and sons. Oh, that's what it is. Grown up Gotti or something like that. Fucking, oh. it's a reality show. Since its founding, Atlantic City, like other summer resorts, had been burdened with a seasonal economy. Efforts to promote tourism there during the colder months had been not successful. Well, who the hell wants to go to a boardwalk seaside where it's all fucking right, uh, cold and right. nasty? The free availability of the alcohol during Prohibition, however, okay. made Atlantic City the nation's premier location for holding conventions. In an effort to promote a year-round convention-supported economy, Johnson directed the construction of Atlantic City Convention Hall. He's like, it's cold outside, we just make a big old building. Right. Uh, the work on Convention Hall began in 1926 and opened in May of 1929. Took three years to build a hall. Damn. A 650-foot by 350-foot structure. It was a state-of-the-art convention building and contained what was, the, what was then the largest room in history with an unobstructed view. No shit. Wow. The uh, largest room with an un- unobstructed view, so right. you could stand that's... on the other side of the room and see everything. Everything. Mm. I don't know why that's significant, but whatever. I mean, that is... Have you ever heard of a ballroom? I guess. Well, under Nucky, Atlantic City was one of the leading ports for importing bootleg liquor, and in 1927, he agreed to participate in a loose organization of other bootleggers and racketeers along the East Coast, forming the Big Seven, mm. or the Seven Group. Right. He was the host of the Atlantic City Conference in 1929, which was a meeting of national organized crime leaders, including the old Al Capone himself. Who was there? A well-known photograph purporting to show Johnson and Capone walking down the boardwalk together during the conference is of doubtful authenticity. Yeah, I'm sure it happened. I don't know if that's the right I don't know if they walked down the boardwalk together, but I, I'm sure they fucking uh, had a couple of stiffies. Right. Well, Nucky's top enforcer and powerful Fourth Ward boss, was former Ritz-Carlton Hotel bellhop Jimmy Boyd. Okay, Jimmy. Nucky met Boyd around the time that he and Charlie Luciano were uh, were forming the Big Seven. Mm -hmm. When they met, Boyd and Nucky took an instant liking to each other. They're like, I like you. He's like, you know, I like you too. Can we be friends? You damn right we're friends. Can you kill people for me? You damn right I'll kill people for you. I thought you'd never ask. (laughs) And Nucky began grooming him to become the boss of his organization. Um, okay. By the late 1920s, Boyd was running every speakeasy, illegal casino, numbers racket, and brothel in the city. Is that, um, that's Jimmy from the TV series. It might be. The dude, the kid. It might be. No, it definitely isn't the dude's name Jimmy? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, there you go, huh? Well, Nucky Johnson's name was mentioned frequently in a series of articles about Vice in Atlantic City published in 1930 by William Randolph Hearst's New York Evening Journal. 
According to some accounts, bad blood existed between him and Hearst. Him and Johnson, because Johnson had become too close to a showgirl who was Hearst's steady date when he visited Atlantic City. He's like, hey, man, you know every time I come to Atlantic City, this is my bitch. Right. And Nucky's like, not no more. Nope, not today. I bet you he was like, you're never to see him again. Right. Well, Johnson subsequently was the focus of increased scrutiny by the federal government, allegedly as a result of Hearst lobbying of Roosevelt administration officials. Mm. Probably did, too. That's what, yeah, see, that's what you never do. You never mess with another man's yep. girl. Yep. That's exactly, exactly what got fucking Wyatt Earp in hot hot water and tombstone with, um, did. what's his name's yep. girl that, yep. he, that he started seeing. Yep. I mean, geez, don't I you guys did. listen? Uh, history repeats itself. All it always, always. 1933, a property lien was filed against Nucky by the federal government for additional taxes he owed. Hmm. He goes, they're like, you owe uh, taxes on this earned income in 1927. He's like, hmm. 1933 also saw the repeal of the prohibition. Which eliminated a major selling point for Atlantic City among tourists and conventionios. So there goes that, as well as a source of income for Nucky and his political machine. Right now, what do you that. now? What do you have to sell? I mean, that's mostly all their money right now. There. What do you have to sell? Gambling and prostitution, where you can go to probably any other city, big city in the world, and do all that. I would say so. Right. Tenth of May, nineteen thirty-nine. Nucky was indicted for evading. Indicted. Eva- indicted. For evading taxes. Oh, Come on. Taxes. He invaded Texas. <laughs> he invaded them. He's like, hey. <laughs> I'm evading. Inv- this is an invasion of uh, your tax privacy. <laughs> right. He was, in, he was uh, indicted for evading taxes on about $125,000 in income that he received for uh, numbers operators during 1935, 1936, and 1937. There we go. We so they, get... All they had to do was get him on one thing. They probably had millions of others. Mm-hmm. Well, a two-week trial concluded in July of 1941, and Johnson was convicted. Mm. He was sentenced to 10 years in federal prison. I mean, it's a cakewalk. And fined $20,000. Especially federal prison. Right. On August 1st, 1941, Johnson, then 58 years old, married 33-year-old Swedish-American Florence Falossi Osbeck, a former showgirl from Philadelphia to whom he had been engaged for three years. Nice. Ten days later, on August 11, 1941, Johnson entered Lewisburg Federal Penitentiary. Well, following his 1941 conviction, Frank S. Farley succeeded him as the leader of Atlantic City's political machine. Oh. Um, so what's Frank S. Farley? Is he a bad guy? We'll find out. Oh, Farley's first move as a crime boss was to separate the organization's political from his criminal. All right. Oh, so he was still uh, the crime boss. criminal. Right? Yeah, he appointed Jimmy Boyd, nice. a former right-hand man of Nucky, as enforcer and as the overseer of all organized crime operations in Atlantic City. Okay, so uh, Farley. Yeah, him. Well, he was trying to distance himself from the American Mafia, though, so uh, that probably didn't bode too well for him. And trying to distance himself from the uh, um, <clears throat> the government. Right. So he basically fucked himself, I think. Well, he was elected or uh, in power until, like, the 70s, so he did something right. All right. Well, good for him. Not worthy of a whole episode, but... <laughs> no. Nucky was paroled 15th August, 1945. Oh, four years, that's it? After four years in prison and took a popper's oath to avoid paying the $20,000 fine equivalent to $288,000 today. As a sworn statement or oath by a person of being completely destitute or a pauper without much money... Oh, okay. So he's saying, I don't have the money to fucking pay back these fines. Right. I'm, I'm sorry. So what do you want me to do, man? I won't do anything. Right. I won't do anything. Right. So he's saying, he's under oath, though. Remember, he's under oath saying, I don't have money. So right. you better uh, 
take it easy on the shit he's buying when he gets out of prison. Then right after his rele- after his release from prison, Nucky lived with his wife and brother. Oh shit! In a house owned by relatives of in his Mount wife, Pleasant, Michigan, <laughs> on South Elburn Avenue, Atlantic <laughs> City. So he went back to Atlantic City. Well, of course huh? he did. Why wouldn't he? There was speculation that he would seek elected office, but he never, he never did. did. Instead, mm. he worked in sales for the Richfield Oil Company, and with his wife, I mean, he was probably a great salesman. I'm sure he was. Great salesman. Uh, with his wife, so he worked there with his wife for... Uh, Renault. Renault Winery, so he worked two different jobs. Man. During these years, Johnson and his wife would sometimes attend local political dinners or rallies. Where they would be seated at the head table. Of Damn. course they would. He continued to dress impeccably. Impeccably. Including a red carnation on his lap. And you're going to say that he, he was a pauper? He didn't have no money, right? Right. Nucky steadfastly supported Farley's leadership. Of course he did. He had no choice. And why not? I'm sure he got some kickbacks from Farley he, as well. He was probably like secret boss still. In 1952, when Farley organization faced a particularly strong election challenge, Nucky campaigned on his behalf in Atlantic City's predominantly black north side area, where Nucky remained popular. Hmm. Well, unfortunately for Enoch, nah, uh, Nucky Johnson, he died. Oh, on de- <laughs> just like everybody. Right, just like everybody does. He died on December 9, 1968, at the Atlantic County Convalescent Home in Northfield, New Jersey. According to the press of Atlantic City, Johnson was born to rule. Mm. He had flair, flamboyance. He was limousine riding, jet flying. Right. You know, he was politically amoral and ruthless and had an eidetic memory for faces and names and a natural gift of command. He had the reputation of being a trench trencherman, a hard drinker, a Herculean lover, an epicure, a, sub- <laughs> a seborytic fancier of luxuries and all good things in life, quote, unquote. He died of natural causes in the Atlantic County Convalescent Home. Um, 68, he died, and he, died he was born in... 83. 83, right? Yeah, yeah. 83. So he died of good. natural causes at like 70 what? 83 to 68. 68 to 83. That's 80, 85. Uh, 5 years old. Yeah, 85. Yeah. 85 years natural old. Natural causes at 85. Okay. I believe it. <laughs> well, everybody knows Boardwalk Empire. It's a fictionalized uh, television series well, from... Well, Boardwalk Empire fictionalized his character as well right 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 boardwalk empires fictionalized the prohibition area in atlantic city the series ran for about five seasons were produced by martin scorsese and mark Wahlberg, of course starred steve shemmy as nucky thompson show creator terrence wintner elected to portray a fictionalized version of johnson to give the writers creative license with history right they can do pretty much you know they can change right. it and to maintain suspense one great difference between the real Johnson and the fictional Thompson is that the real Johnson <laughs> is not known to have a Thompson. <laughs> what? <laughs> is not to have killed anyone personally. Okay. As the fictional Thompson does. There's also no evidence that Johnson ever ordered someone to be killed. Mm, wow. Okay, I'm sure there is. Uh, I'm sure it happened, though. Well, also, though, Thompson is portrayed as running his distillery for bootlegging and competing directly with real-life gangsters for distribution on the East Coast, whereas the real Johnson took a cut of all illegal alcohol sold in Atlantic City but was never known to engage in competition or turf wars. He has been described as running his empire with a velvet hammer, very soft but firm. Johnson did not remarry until 1941. Yeah, long after that in the show, Thompson remarries in 1921. 
Yeah, to the chick. Uh, Thompson is Irish Catholic, while Johnson was a Methodist, whose parents were two uh, Atlantic County's Otis families. The HBO television series is based on the chapter of the 2002 book Boardwalk Empire, The Birth, High Times, and Corruption of Atlantic City by Nelson Johnson. No relation. So that's old Nucky's story, which, I mean, that's pretty much in line with the uh, television show, uh, uh, besides the side stupid fucking side stories and all that shit but the majority of the major shit is pretty much in line there and dudes like him and Wyatt Earp back in the day and anybody like that if you're involved in anything government government I mean you're unstoppable basically until it's like hey dude you (laughs) we can't even we got we can't even uh, defend you anywhere bud enough's enough well if he wasn't getting involved with people's chicks. Right. And it they been uh, fine. didn't have... Uh, he would have been fine. He would have been fine. But no, as usual, getting involved with people's chicks causes trouble. Don't you Don't you guys need to realize that? First of all. Mm. Second of all, he would have been fucked anyways if he wasn't involved with somebody's chick. As soon as Prohibition was over, he had nothing else. I mean, what are you going to do now? Well, he can still, what are you going to do now? He can still be a senator and make millions of dollars. He didn't want to be a senator. No, well, he would have had to have been. I don't think so. What else are you going to do? Well, he would have had to straight up start killing people. <laughs> Become a mob boss, a real yeah, mob boss. A real mob boss. So, yeah, Nucky Johnson. I mean, yeah, not Nucky Johnson, not Thompson. Nucky Johnson. That's going to wrap up this edition of uh, Outlaws and Gunslingers. I think, we, I think we have one more next week, which is probably going to be... We'll focus on a couple of the lesser-known names in Prohibition, the ones that don't have uh, stories long enough for... An episode, so we'll do a couple of that and probably some uh, Prohibition facts and... Um, a segue into the 30s. Prohibition facts that kind of give you a look at the damage Prohibition did to the country and uh, how much money was taken away and made and all other stuff involving Prohibition. And that's, yes, that will lead us into... I don't know. Should we start the new series with Bonnie and Clyde? Start it off hot, right? No. Should we do Bonnie and Clyde first? Yeah, might as well. I mean, right? Yep. <laughs> nice, well, right? Yep. Yeah. Bonnie and Clyde. That's going to be in two weeks from now, but next week we'll do like a smorgasbord of Prohibition uh, stuff just to wrap up the Prohibition series. And we're headed into the 30s. Criminals 30s, game. Baby. We got a lot of stuff in the 30s. Mm, we got a lot of stuff in the 40s, 50s, 60s. 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, <sighs> 90s, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s. 2020s, we're going to be focusing on the Biden crime family. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, with the Clinton, the Clinton crime family in the nineties and thousands. I mean, we got a lot of stuff. So <laughs> we'll be back next week for uh smorgasbord of prohibition, wrapping up the prohibition series. You can go check us out on the mouthy Michiganders when this comes out on the 22nd, I believe, which would be Tuesday that it comes out in about five more days. The mouthy Michiganders are no more. What are we going to be? We don't know. So go over there. The same old shit we've met before. June, uh, <laughs> June 25th, 2021 on the Mouthy Michiganders feed for now. Go check that out. Uh, big surprise there. Is it a big surprise? We don't know. I don't yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't know. I don't think it's a big surprise. <laughs> also, go check out Leah Corey on the case. If you're a fan of improvised comedy, uh, private investigators go out and uh, try to solve crazy private investigation cases. Lots of crazy shit happens over there. A we, had a new, we had a new story for you out here, but when we recorded it, it only ended up being 11 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to add a little bit more of that story. But a scripted slash improvised 
comedy series, Lee and Corey on the Case, wherever you get your podcasts. And like I said, we'll be back next week for uh, the old old smorgasbord. We are the Mouth of Michiganders with Bang Dang. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.